0: Does your bike need some love? Shimano original replacement parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer.
1: From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. How are you, Patrick?
0: I'm good. I've got a birthday tomorrow. I'm going to go play around a little bit in the city, see a concert. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. Nice. We should know we're recording this on Monday, everyone, so Patrick can go play on Tuesday, which is his birthday. But I'll be
0: working out of town Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> so All right. That's that's the real uh compelling issue.
1: Oh, no, yeah. I guess that's true. I guess it's not birthday week take off. So, yeah.
0: You know that I'm taking yeah. any time for myself is a bit of a switch. So, I'll you it's know, good. I'll roll with yeah,
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. That is that's a good thing. Yeah. And happy early birthday.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Of course, it's only 8 days before Christmas, which means it's always cold for my birthday. And those
1: are the worst. Can I just say my <laughs> husband can't. has his birthday. They are just December birthdays. I'm sorry, everyone who has a December birthday, but oh, can't you just move them? It is I'd, so difficult. You down. Would like to, right? I'd be it down. is so difficult. You get like it's hard enough to figure out what to do, what to get, what to how to celebrate uh, one of these occasions, but then put them both within, as you're saying, you know, a good ten days of each other or two weeks. It's it becomes
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, my my eldest, Philip, his birthday is July 25th, so he's never going to get to have his birthday at school. No, that's true. So that 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 comes with its own liabilities, because no matter how many snow days you have by July 25th, everyone is out of school. That is a fact.
1: (laughs) That is a fact. (laughs) Sometimes they do a thing. I don't know if they ever do it in your area. I know they used to do a thing when. Juniper was younger, not certainly when she got older, that they would do like some, everybody who has a summer birthday celebration kind of thing at, in her class,
0: which was kind of cool. That's nice. You know, Yeah. I, yeah. I'd be on board for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. During the summer, it's just like, oh, where, where is so-and-so? Where and is so's, everybody? Yeah. Especially
1: July. I mean, July is a hard month to pin yeah. anybody down.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I actually did my best to turn my birthday being that close to Christmas to my advantage when I was younger. I would ask my parents for one really big gift. I get combine that. Combine the, the cash. Mine's value. in
1: February, and I would try to do that. I still do. <laughs> I still say that's just like one
0: big thing. Yeah. <laughs> Work it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, where are we starting today?
1: I thought I would start with uh, Andy Pruitt. Yeah, for yeah, for those who may not know, Andy Pruitt. Oh boy, he uh, I he really revolutionized in my mind bike fit, um, bike positioning, uh, bike equipment to make you comfortable. Yeah, he w- he worked at Specialized for twenty years, and he had the Boulder Center for Sports Medicine, which then became. The CU Center for, I don't even know what the name of it. It, it folded into Colorado University.
0: Right. It was about um, 18 I, syllables long. Yeah.
1: Yes, it was too long. I even did, I did a feature for Triathlete Magazine doing their whole thing, which was amazing. They did uh, lactic, they did a lactic threshold test in the pool. And that is as terrible as it sounds mm-hmm. like terrible doing interviews and having somebody like taking blood. While you're swimming and all of that, you can't breathe anyway. Um, they did all these biometric tests. Uh, they had a whole running thing where they, you know, had like a 3D look at your gait and you know improved your. It was astronomical. It was really did the ritual bike fitting. Everything <laughs> it was an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, you know, and he was a huge part of that. I mean, he was a huge part of getting all of that going. Um, you know, and I thought. As I, I interviewed him uh, Friday for this piece that, that came out today and, you know, the whole thing while I was talking to him, I thought, you know, like his his life work so far and he's not done. He's just retiring from specialized in clinical practice. But he made it pretty clear that he's not just going to sit around because that's not his state. Of, that's not his DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, but his life work is that cycling should not be uncomfortable. Like, yeah, period. That is that like, that's, that's, just, that's, we devoted like everything to that. Um, you know, like, yes, if you ride hard, if you ride long, you will suffer. We love suffering, but it will be that storied glorious kind of suffering. Not like, Oh my God, who is stabbing me with an ice pick on the side of my knee. Why are my essential parts going numb kind of suffering? You know, yeah. it's not going to be that. Yeah. Uh, cause that should not happen. And, uh, Yeah. Well, the funny thing is
0: not everybody understands that they just, for so many people, (laughs) it's just this large umbrella of suffering, of discomfort, you know, Mm -hmm. and they don't, they don't learn that. Well, this discomfort is optional, (laughs) fixable. Right. This, this sort of discomfort is going to stay there as you get better.
1: Right. Right. A hundred percent. And that shouldn't be like, you should be able to ride your bike without what we call bad pain, bad Mm -hmm. pain. Not 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 the good suffering that 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 maybe you like, but the bad pain. And for years, and to your point, I th- still think some people today they just kind of accepted it. You know, they thought like if you're going to be fast, you have to jack up your saddle and slam your stem and get really arrow comfort be damned because <laughs> that's just how it's done, right? You know. And A- Andy was the one of the first people to say, well, you know, that might actually be counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, people did not want to hear from him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like the pros cancel era, Those guys did not want to hear from him. Um, but with the rise of machines and metrics that allowed him to show cyclists that, look, you know, you're actually producing less power in that position. Or look, see how your knee is wobbling like a weeble on a teeter totter with every pedal stroke. That's not good. Yeah, or not helpful, right? Look, you've got zero blood flow going to your genitals right now. How does it feel? Probably not so good, right? Yeah. Not that, let's address that. Um, you know, and that, and that's what I think is the beauty of him was it wasn't only going, "Wow, we have a problem," but hey, we can fix it. You know, like that was his whole that was his whole premise, and that was what was behind the body geometry shoes. Like before him, people didn't really, I mean, you had cycling shoes, of course, but like Mm -hmm. the stiffer and tighter, the better. And that was kind of all we thought about when it came to cycling shoes. And he was one of the first people to look at feet and go, Hey, you know what? Our stability starts here. Like, even though we're not weight bearing and we're not running and we're not walking, we're still used. Our feet are still command central for what's going to happen in our legs. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, so if your arches are caving in, guess what's happening to your knees and hips? Not good things. And if their knees are flailing in and out, same thing. I mean, it's just not its not good. So he was like, let's support the feet so your knees and hips can track in a healthy pattern. He was one of the first people to look at people in what he called like plain Z as he talked about it. Not just like fore and aft. Like everyone was looking at the cyclist from the side. Yeah. Are you back far enough? Are you, you know, where's your handlebars? Where's your saddle fore and aft? But he was like, no, we look need to look at people head on and just see like what that looks like. And he was one of the first people to do that and to pay so much attention to it. Right. Right. He also took the work um, that Roger Minkow did. I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you remember. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the 1997 bicycling feature with the saddle with the barbed wire wrapped around the car. Cu- yeah. We, people loved us for that. But. It was important. I mean it was yeah, it was, yeah, there was it was that. a story. Yeah, there was a story, you know, about how that pressure, if you're living with it, can have consequences. Now Ed Pavelka was riding twenty thousand miles a year. Let's be clear. <laughs> he had twenty
0: three, if I recall correctly.
1: <laughs> he had he had some stuff he was working through. But but still it, it um it it still was a very important point that that, that in some people like they were putting pressure on that perineum and they were their blood flow was cut off and that was having serious i mean I, I make light but it was it was serious oh yeah um and you know minko was he took that and he was like he was one, he was one of the first body geometry guys he started cutting apart saddles and made that first thing and then pruitt just grabbed that and ran with it and he was one of the first guys to measure actually measure sit bones like to go hey you know what maybe you can't sit in the right place or you're having all that pressure because your your sit bones are not where they need to be in your saddle because your saddle's one size and not all. It doesn't matter the size of your derriere, the fleshy part. It could be big, it could be small, but where your bones sit is just structural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he made the asometer. He was one of the first people to do that, and then did sort of all that groundbreaking work in like how cutouts can actually be kind of counterproductive for some women. Last year with the mimic. Yep. So, you know, I actually it, have it, an
0: asometer less than five feet from me.
1: Do you? actually? <laughs> I do.
0: I do. It's
1: important for podcasting comfort.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I continue to learn things, you know, thanks to tools like that. So.
1: Oh, I, super tall. Yeah.
0: Super he, tall. He's done so, so much. I mean, you didn't even mention the fact that they started offering saddles in widths, you know, to, to think better about this. Well, that was my
1: that was where I was going with it. It's oh. like nobody had done that. Yeah. Like that was that yeah, it was just sort of taking that first like, oh, and then taking it to the next place that nobody even thought of doing. Um, you know, you got pros to sit up so they could breathe. You know, like there's the whole like arrow is everything, but getting lower is not necessarily the answer. And people still are struggle with that. Like you need to reduce your frontal plane, but that doesn't mean hunching over like a turtle, so you're you can't like actually pedal or breathe.
0: Right, right, yeah. Let's close up that angle between your hip and your torso <laughs> so that you can't actually generate any power. Right, that's that's gonna be faster. But I'm mad, Arrow.
1: Again, he, he had, <laughs> he, had the, he had the tools to show people like this isn't really working. Yeah. I mean, I had. I had the privilege of having a one of his early full body geo bits before my first Ironman with him, uh-huh. and it enabled me to crank out all 112 of those miles in my aero bars without like any problem. You know, it was that's just a lot. amazing. Yeah, yeah amazing. Um, you know, and the way it's funny, the way he explained it to me in our conversation was that the problem with a lot of cyclists, and especially high achieving ones. Is that they can often succeed despite themselves.
0: If you push hard enough. Yeah,
1: (laughs) they can get results with improper fit. um, And, you know, they don't necessarily need 100 percent right equipment fit to them to still win. You know, so they get resistant to change because, you know, if it it ain't broken their mind. Totally. Totally. um, Until maybe they get hurt. You know, like, that that seemed to be the case with Peter Sagan under Tinkoff. He was telling me about that. Like, Tinkoff was making all this noise, like, you can't win. Maybe we're spending too much money on you. And, you know, he did this full body fit. And the guy actually had a little injuries piping up from some stuff that wasn't fit properly. And he won the Tour of California, like, like that next week. So it was <laughs> amazing. You know, like... It's amazing. And he's like, please don't say that I helped, you know, that I was the reason that Peter won the tour of California. That's I don't want people to like be like, oh, Andy thinks he's blah, blah, blah. But I mean, his point was like. It's you need to have your specific physiology unleashed in the right position to actually tap into all of your power. You know, that was his whole thing. And if and if you don't, then not only do you risk getting hurt, but you'll never get your full potential.
0: Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I've been studying fit since the early 1990s. I went to the new England cycling Academy and got certified in the fit kit and the campy toolkit. And I did, uh, SBCU when that started, I oh, yeah. I went mm-hmm. through the Serata, uh, um, oh, kind of their, their yeah. remote course. They, they had, a I was up there for that. Did they have Michael Sylvester there? This was prior to there? him. This was, yeah. this was prior, uh, Yeah. This was 96. I want to say I, you know, so I've been through a bunch of the different programs and have studied fit pretty extensively. That was something that I've always been not just curious about, but really concerned with. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something that played out in my bike reviews in terms of me talking about the geometry and fit options of a bike. I'd look at the whole sizing run and talk about where the holes are, you know? And I had a chance to spend some time with Andy once, uh, right when the body geometry shoes first, Mm -hmm. first came out you know, went through the insoles and everything. And of all the people I've dealt with in bicycle fitting over the years, I'd say he's one of the two most important ever. Yeah. Who's the other? Bill Farrell, who started the fit kit. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's without the two of them, I don't know where we would be today, but They were absolutely instrumental to getting us on this road. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question because, well, all this stuff that we're talking about makes perfect sense, right? It's logical. I mean, all this (laughs) this stuff is logical. Like this sport is so rooted in tradition that are based on sometimes nothing or Mm -hmm. appearances that are rooted in those traditions that you still see people like needlessly – being uncomfortable because they think that's the way you're supposed to look or that's the way it's supposed to be. Um yeah. So if any paceliners out there are listening to this, like, now's a good time of year to to look at yourself and go Perfect. Yeah, it is really. Do my does my stuff hurt? <laughs> do my knees <laughs> do my knees hurt? Just do I go no? Like like seriously, ask yourself these questions. Like a lot of times your hip, your back all that stuff starts with your feet it it you don't think about it, but it, that the changes you make in in places that would surprise you can can translate up the whole chain and make you much more comfortable on your bike,
0: yeah, it, yeah,
1: whatever it is, the technology exists to fix it so you can pedal without being in pain
0: yeah, and one of the other really interesting things about looking at fit this time of year is you know you get into the season. You're fit, you're a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. Your your endurance is up and so there's a yep. lot that you can get away with where when your fitness is off some and you're not riding as much so you're a little tighter. If there's something that isn't working right now, then yeah, definitely get it looked at because you can really paper over so much in season with good fitness. You know, as you've right. already alluded right. to. So right. yeah, if you're if you're having trouble now, this is the time to get that looked at because you want a better baseline.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, it's just, uh, it was cool. It was, it was nice. I've always, I've always enjoyed, I have called on Andy countless times over my career, you know, 20 years of bicycling. And I've called them many, 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 <laughs> many, 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 many times over the years. And, uh, I really appreciate his contributions, uh, to the sport, you know, some people think he's a little outspoken and arrogant. Yeah, well, maybe he is a little cocky and outspoken, but that he has every, he has every right to be honest. He's earned like, it all. He <laughs> yeah, he really has. And I, I, it was endearing. Uh, I asked him what his, I was just sort of like trying to get the greatest hits out of him. You know, I mean, you can, you can, be can post a piece, but I, uh, you know, I was like, okay, what's your proudest accomplishment? Just trying to like, just get him to like one off me. And I said, "Okay, what's your proud, your personal proudest athletic achievement?" Because you know he's been quite the athlete himself. Yeah, and he was super touched. He says nobody has ever asked me that. You know, in all the years that, yeah, the people have interviewed me. Um, so it was that was that was sweet. And he, you know, he has won para Paralympic World Championships twice. And push comes to shove, he said, "1987 would be the one he call he would." Trick because you know he wanted in a sprint. It was hard fought. It was hard conditions. Apparently, they had just paved the road, and the chips of asphalt were flying up and going into his prosthetic.
0: Right. Oh my gosh. So we should explain to listeners that yeah, he is an amputee below the knee. Yeah, I forget which leg. Oh.
1: It was the right leg, and it was uh he basically got it blown off in a hunting accident. Oh, that sounds for wow. 14. Yes. Uh, he even talked like, I guess his foot was one place and the rest of his leg was another place. And there was not going to be any fixing that. So, but that, but that was actually at, you know, when he said the world championship, but then he said his proudest achievement really in his heart is that, you know, he was able to achieve a cat two status on the road with able bodied cyclists. that he was able to be part of this sport that allowed him to be him, and you know, work and play and compete on an even playing field with everybody. Um,
0: yeah, that's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, it really is. I mean,
1: and when I first met him, I had no idea. I rode with him a bunch before I looked down at one point. I didn't even know how far into my relationship with him I was, but I was like, he's got a prosthetic. Don't I, you would never, and he, he's like that. He very much enjoys that like that's that's important to him uh clearly and so in in many ways
0: yeah he won't call attention to it ever i was ever. i was at the second day of a specialized press camp before i noticed and i'd already been through one presentation with him and then i was yeah. like I, that's a funny little gate he's got oh mm, mm. yeah all right but yeah.
1: interestingly i mean he has used that um As a point of study as well, you know, which has been interesting, like the women's with when he did the women's uh, saddle research that he was doing. I mean, he called on a lot of the research, the same research they do in making a prosthetic comfortable so you don't get chafing and you don't get swelling and you don't get all that stuff. I mean, it's just like just another tool in his toolbox in some ways, you know, which is which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, the bigger your vocabulary
1: yeah and he spent a lot of time. I didn't know he spent so much time actually in orthopedic surgery assisting you know as a as a physician assistant, so I mean he's like you think you know anatomy and then you see people cut open and you see like you know actually the surgery surgery going on and then you really learn some anatomy so yeah. yeah um he's he wants to do he's he he wouldn't tell me um he couldn't tell me or he definitely would have told me what he's working on in the in the health and wellness space as he called it but He's got some some cards up his sleeve for the future. He's turning 70. He's turning 70. He's doing the Dirty Kanza 100 for his 70th birthday.
0: Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Cheers, Andy Pruitt. Yeah. Amen to that. Oh, what a guy. Uh, Okay, so we're going to take a break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we will be right back. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be right back at Shimano. We love riding, and we know you do too. As a small repayment, for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat, if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new.
1: Alrighty, we are back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, take
0: your poll. Well, it's Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I've been dealing with lists from my boys of Legos, remote control guns, (laughs) more Legos, cars that drive on walls, robots that see the future or some such. I don't even know. And more Legos. (laughs) So naturally I've been thinking about what I want to get for Christmas, as well as what I'd like to give for Christmas. Here's the thing. This is the first time in my life. I swear. This is the first time in my life where there really is nothing that I want for Christmas. There's no cool Jersey, no book, no CD. Yes, I do still buy CDs that (laughs) I want this year. And the reason I don't want anything is simple in tackling my depression head on this fall. I am the happiest and most centered I've been in ages. I couldn't tell you when I was last in such a good place. And because of how my depression had a blast radius that reached my family and my friends, the fact that I'm doing better means that all of my relationships are better. Not making my friends and family suffer, even mildly, is its own kind of gift because people are concerned about you. So this has been a gift to both me and them. Tackling the world without a lens that's fogged by depression means I'm able to engage my surroundings in a much different way. I'm not embarrassed by my ambition anymore. I don't shrink in fear at new challenges. The confidence I've found has helped me find new work and even relax more around my boys. So I can't think of anything anyone would give me that could possibly top that. <laughs> it's fair to say I got my present last fall. <laughs> yeah. Um. But also there's, you know, what I'd like to give. and. I've had a big epiphany in that regard, in part because of the work that I've done with the ketamine. I've traditionally thought of myself as a pretty loving person, but I sometimes struggle to show someone just how much I care for them because of that aforementioned fog. I realized that some of my fails had nothing to do with depression, though. You know, we like to talk about speaking someone's love language or just speaking someone's language you know and that can be literal if you're in Belgium you know you might want to know flemish uh here in the <laughs> states it's certainly a more metaphoric thing and it's popular to talk about love languages at this point so that is you know how we experience love whether through acts of service words of affirmation receiving gifts spending quality time with the person or physical touch ideally You know, we're all going to do some of each of these things in our relationships. But this notion that some acts may better communicate love to someone got me to thinking about how we love. I, my personal style, I'm big on acts of service. I like words of affirmation. I'm happy to do those. Physical touch, I'm good. Um, But yeah, a big one for me is acts of service. But for some folks, I'm aware that that doesn't always work. They may hear that message better through, say, words of affirmation uh, or gifts. And that mismatch in communication can leave both parties feeling dissatisfied at their inability to express love and to feel loved. So, what I've realized for myself is that the gift I'd most like to give the people in my life is the opportunity to love them in the way they most need. Why would I want to tell someone, Je t'aime? That is, I love you in French, if they don't actually speak French. Uh, For whatever reason, I've recognized this desire. Well, it's not just a desire. It's an ambition, you know, and it's not one that I need to reserve just for my significant other. Uh, It applies to my family, my friends, you know, anybody I care about. I want them to feel how much I value them in my life, and I want them to feel it in the way that most registers with them. Uh, and that's a very different way of seeing the world from perhaps just a year ago. Um, and it's, you know, it's something I've got a lot of questions for myself around and something I look forward to watching unfold in my own life. And, you know, hopefully the lives of the others around me. Yeah. Uh, but that access service thing, like going to the front and dragging people around at 20 miles an hour or 16 miles an hour. I, I'm, I'm not going to stop liking that anytime soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All righty. Celine, what do you want for Christmas and what do you want to give for Christmas?
1: Well, you've made my desire for, um, AirPod pros
0: feel pretty shallow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you didn't have some of the speed bumps that I did. So
1: I, uh, you know, <laughs> and a nice frying pan but that's fine. not not a problem (laughs) seriously like very seriously i um i have long struggled with christmas because i don't like stuff i grew up in a house my mom isn't a hoarder by She's not technically a hoarder but man she's a clutterer and she'll tell you that. So I grew up grew up in an extraordinarily cluttered home. Um and I always just not that I don't clutter myself because there is some DNA there but I I do, I just don't like a lot of stuff. I it makes me nervous. You know, I like things not to be so stacked up with stuff. So like every year I would almost dread Um, especially when you know how it is once you have a kid or two like it exponentially chilled chilled, oh my lord like you all of a sudden have so much plastic stuff that your heart you have heart palpitations or at least i would i mean it's just so much and i i eventually just sort of joyfully gave up getting stressed out about all of that i'm like this too will pass whatever (laughs) but uh but but now i mean what do i want right like i don't don't need anything but very seriously i need another good frying pan because mine's shot (laughs) so I (laughs) i would like that and uh i do like to listen um when i go especially when i'm doing laps around this park that i do uh i sometimes i like to listen to podcasts and i i have like one i just play with one earbud but i don't have a good one earbud anymore and the the ipod pros now have uh this ambient noise control so you can sort of hear the outside and still hear your music and so it sounded really good uh that's kind of that's kind of it <laughs> yeah. uh yes i want peace love and, and all that stuff as well but um i'll i'll take the frying pan and the air airpod pros for now uh, <laughs> what would i like to, that sounds good well yeah what would i like to give um you know, I think I would like to give everyone. Like I've had this with 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 time and with a lot of work, I've had this realization. Like I I get very nervous about things, and I put a lot of importance on things because I've always been sort of a overachiever and all that stuff. And I, I I've had this this more peacefulness that uh, you know, it really is just life, <laughs> and in the big picture of things. All this stuff that you're stressing about, it honestly, honestly, honestly doesn't matter. I mean, it really, really, really does. It's so little really, really, really matters. And if you can just carry that through your every day, just a little bit, that's not to say don't care about your job or don't try to do a good job. It's that it's that taking it to that next place where it feels like it's the all important thing, you know, <laughs> and you're sacrificing. Sitting down and, and playing trivia with your kids or, you know, just doing like that kind of stuff. If I could give everybody one thing, it would be like, take it down a notch. You know, like, let's all just take it down one notch this next year on every level. And I think we'll all be a lot happier for it.
0: That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could, I would do well to pay attention to that myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody, I mean, we it's easy to get caught up, but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to pull back, I think. And a good time of year to pull back and go, okay, what am I really doing? And what's really important? And when I get all worked up about that, I don't know. I can get, I, I can get, and I'm not going to here, but I can get super nihilistic and, and be just like, in 100 years, we're all going to be dead. What does it matter? You know, but like, don't go there. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> don't follow me down that rabbit hole. But just, it does sort of knock things into perspective once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what is really important? What What is your legacy? What do you want to give to others? Like you are saying. What's this trail you want to leave behind yourself? It's a good time of year to think about this and just a little prioritize a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes a difference in how I look at my own life and, and the impact I'm having on others. And for that, I'm absolutely grateful. Um, you know, especially because my boys are so young and yeah, you know, <laughs> given, given my past, I, I need to give some thought to what that relationship should look like. And, you know, this is a really helpful way for me.
1: Yeah. And they, they'll, um, how old are they? They're like
0: 10 and six,
1: 10 and six. Anyone? six? Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a good time. I mean, the, the, the kids are so impressionable, like that you are, who are you're, you have like all this time to just like forge this relationship that will carry them into their, you know, they're going into some formidable years. So yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good gift for everybody.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, all righty. Well, uh, baseline picks equally as profound nut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, nut butters, I mean, that's, that's like a whole food group for me, so i it is know. it's a
1: whole food group for me too. Uh, some days I'm like, I think this is what I am made of like if, if you are what you <laughs> eat, I am a mix of like this stuff. I really, really love nut butter. It's got everything, it's got like good fats, it's got protein, it just holds me over um and I got some it's not new, but it's new to me. It started in Portland, as so many of these things do. It's called original um it's called Trail Butter. So they they basically took trail mix okay. and smashed it into a spreadable trail butter. And oh. it is phenomenal. It's chunky, but it's not <laughs> but it's but it's it, it's still a good spreadable consistency. And it's got like almonds and sunflower seeds and coconut oil and dried cranberries and semi-sweet chocolate chips and honey and like sea salt and vanilla. You gotta. I have to be careful. You don't have to put it on like a jar behind something so it's not the first thing I see when I when I open. <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. Like the spoon yep. and some writer's block is a bad combination. But um, it's. It but it works very well. They also have a pouch you can put in your pocket for rides. Oh. Um. Which is which is a a lovely thing. So. It's, I have become a very big fan of this stuff, especially for like. It feels really good for winter training. Mm-hmm. For uh, <laughs> you know when you're looking for something kind of you, you just especially it's cold. You just you do you burn more calories. You need more energy. You're, you to stay and that stuff just you're doing like fat burning rides, slower stuff. So it it just makes a whole lot of sense time of year <laughs> to put that kind of stuff in your pocket. Um, yeah, the, so that's that's my pick. It's. It's not cheap. It's fifteen bucks a jar. Uh you can also do a subscription service, which I think would be smart and dangerous at the same time where you get <laughs> a discount off of the products and they just come with an auto auto ship. But how, yeah, how big
0: is the discount if you do the auto ship option? Uh five percent. Yeah. They they might want to give that some thought. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but anyway um yeah i'm I'm a huge fan of it i they I've gotten a chance to try. They have different varieties too. they have different um you know I had the original trail butter, which is just like the trail mix, but they also had some that have coffee in them, you know a little caffeinated, caffeinated and other flavors, so
0: interesting, yeah, wow, i well, maybe I want some of that for Christmas. there uh, you go <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. Um, what do you have? Well, one other question on this stuff, like, oh, sure. sure, is the only way to get it, you know, by ordering it online and having it shipped to you.
1: Um, they have distribution, but I would have to look at the site to see like where you can actually buy this stuff.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was hoping that maybe you knew like a whole foods or something like that. Um, mm,
1: not off the top of my head. Okay. But I well, can, I can, find that
0: we will have a link in our show notes so I can (laughs) follow it just like anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. I was giving some thought to let me back up. Actually, I'm going to back up here. So years ago I worked in a pro music shop in Memphis called strings and things. And when it got to be Christmas time, every drummer's wife, girlfriend, mother, you know, whatever, whoever that maternal figure was came into the shop and wanted to buy their dr- the drummer in their life something for their drum set.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but they you had know, no idea, right? They, right. They, they were no clueless.
0: They, they didn't have a shopping yeah. list and no. they weren't going to spend more than about 100 bucks, right? Yep. They had their ceiling. We sold a whole lot of wind chimes, which is about the least useful thing that a drummer ever has. What? Why would they buy wind chimes? Well, because that's to something. Them? Yeah, you would like drag your stick across oh, them. Okay, <sharp inhale> okay. gotcha, uh, gotcha, gotcha, And for whatever reason, wind chimes are turned over to the drummer, probably because they don't need much talent to play. <laughs>
1: it's like a triangle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, or you one just, of those fish. Yeah. You just give it or a little a thing. Forward. And so you could get a wind chime without a stand for, I want to say it was about 80 bucks back then. Maybe a little less. And so we would sell the, you know what, out of wind chimes, wow. but guys would end up with a, you know, they'd come back in like in early January. Oh yeah. Thanks. for the wind chime. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Thanks buddy. Yeah. Grateful. You couldn't just leave that on account. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and so I'm aware that there are similar sorts of things like that in cycling. And I was thinking about, well, what could you tell somebody who's not a cyclist that is a no, no miss guaranteed success? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, you, of course you want it to actually positively affect their riding experience instead of being the thing that stays in the dresser that they go, oh, that was uh, sort of sweet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about all the items I've come across in the last few years that anyone you would gave them to would benefit. And what I came up with were water-resistant knee warmers of the sort like Castelli, Sportful, Pearl Azumi, and Giordana make. Castelli has the Nanoflex knee warmers. Sportful has the No Rain knee warmers. Pearl Azumi's Elite Thermal knee warmers. And then Giordana's Aqua Plus Vento. So they've all got some sort of treatment for the fabric that's not a wash-on, wash-off DWR treatment. This is a mm-hmm. something bonded to the fiber. So it's permanent with Pearl Azumi, it's PI dry. You know, they, they each have something they're doing. And when I think about, you know, damp days and the first thing to start getting wet, well, it's your shoes and then your legs. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I don't have anything foolproof for feet. <laughs> I just, I don't have anything to offer there. That is, that is a guaranteed win for feet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've tried the toes, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think they're foolproof, and if they do get wet, they're just like balloons. They're like water balloons. Like sometimes oh, wow. the water goes into them. Do you know what I mean? And then you've that have be oh my gosh, water I... balloons on your feet.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is
1: a, which is a problem. Oof, they are would... if if you if you get them right. I mean, they yeah, they do they're kind pretty of, awesome. Yeah. yeah. They're really hard to get on and off though. Yep. And you got to be careful.
0: Right. And that's the other problem. It's like, you don't want to yeah. give something disposable to somebody for Christmas. Right. So, you know, I was thinking, oh yeah, water shedding knee warmers are absolutely going to make a difference in yucky conditions. And here's the thing. One of the very first lessons that I learned about riding in wet conditions in New England mm-hmm. was to ditch the knee warmers and use an embrocation. The reason being that knee warmers due to their greater bulk would hold water. These knee warmers won't do that. And so, you know, it's like, well, you don't, yeah, you don't have to deal with trying to wash off the imbrication afterward. There's just so many pluses to these. And really, it's not a big investment. At the low end, they are $45 for the Prozumi's, and $60 at the high end. It's not a big investment. But it's something that, you know, if when you're looking at this subcategory of knee warmers, very, very few cyclists out there are likely to have these in a drawer. And it's the sort of thing that if you give them to somebody, it's going to show just enough thoughtfulness that they will register that you really do care about their riding experience.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, and that's something that people often don't buy for themselves for whatever reason, right? Yep. Like that's just yep. that, that next level stuff. Mm -hmm. and it is next level stuff let's be clear yeah most people get the base like literally they get like jersey and shorts and then maybe a base layer and the arm warmers and then a vest like you can almost watch the evolution of people as they sort of get you know ride in worse conditions and then get the gear they need to increasingly ride in these worse conditions that they're finding themselves in but once you start getting to that level a lot of people aren't going there yet you yeah. know, for themselves cuz it is it's like huh 45 50 bucks eight, do i need do i need i've ridden this far without this stuff but to your point man like having them make would make it so much so much nicer it, so it is like a really great gift like i think that stuff like that makes a particularly good gift because it's stuff that you probably want even if you don't know it but like you just haven't shelled out the money for yourself at that point
0: yeah well, and the other thing is honestly when we consider about all the gear reviews that get published in a year and given that you and I are responsible for some of those we have some knowledge here knee warmers don't get reviewed a lot warmers they in general don't. don't get reviewed a lot so it would be easy for someone to have even missed that these things are out there
1: oh true that's that's very very true uh, it's they they don't they don't get the attention that they should in my opinion because you know like like any of those clothes that extend your riding ability, they they can have a really profound effect. And most people don't ride capris, well, women call them uh, tights or you know knickers. <laughs> like a lot of, yep, you know, it's nice to have that stuff that that is gives you flexibility, as we've talked about many times. Flexibility and layering flexibility and goes a long way in keeping you comfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then you have choice. Like if you need to pack your stuff, if you're going on a trip, you can take your shorts and. Maybe an assortment of knee warmers, an assortment of arm warmers, and gives you all those different possibilities depending what day you know you end up tasting
0: <laughs> once you get there. I've never done that. Yeah, <laughs> empty a drawer into my bag? No, no, I've well, never. it's funny.
1: I end up doing that though. I take like just the base, like just the stuff. Like I know the shorts I want, and I know the other stuff, and then everything else is multiples: multiple gloves, <laughs> multiple arm warmers, multiple knee warmers, multiple socks. You know, all of that, because that stuff is the wild card. You're just like, oh, you know. Yep. I don't know what I'm going to need.
0: Yep. Yep. And I I will venture to say that, you know, if you have a set of these knee warmers from one of these manufacturers, that solves one problem. You really don't have to think any further. It's either knee warmers or not. And if you need knee warmers, these will do anything you need to do.
1: Right. Right. It's not like they're fleecy or anything like that. Yeah. Cool. No,
0: I yeah. think it's a great gift. Yeah. Groovy. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the Pace Line. Celine, we just talked about Andy Pruitt's uh, semi-retirement or somewhat retirement, or at least retirement from this phase. Uh, what else have you been up to for with bicycling?
1: What else have I been up to with bicycling? Honestly, not a whole lot on the news front. It's kind of that time of year where there's, you know, like, not that news isn't happening; it's that everybody is so busy that you don't hear about a whole a lot of it. But um, you know, just getting on some new or new to me bikes to review, which is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm finally going to get on. Have you ever ridden the Niner Magic Carpet Ride? No. The full, yeah. Finally, going to get a leg over one of those to review it. I'm interested. That's for people who don't know. That's the dual suspension gravel bike, and I'm I'm not honestly even sure what I think about that yet um i'm in i'm fully in
0: are you are you fully? oh yeah yeah no question
1: okay okay that's that's interesting i have to i I i have not even seen it yet it just arrived so i'll be doing a review of that um getting on some other products that I don't even know if I can talk about. Yeah. But so yeah, I've been a little bit, I've been involved in the gear stuff and a little bit less on the news front going into this uh, holiday season. But Andy was the big news of, uh, of this week for sure.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Alrighty, everybody keep those, keep those questions coming toy boat. Uh, You all have been sending some great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our paceline kits from Primal. They are up in the RKP store. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interview. Think Terry Gross for cyclists. Uh, Like I mentioned last week, the show is on hiatus while I get up to speed with my new gig with California Mountain Biking Coalition. Um, but it will be back next year. I just did an interview for it last week and I've got some others coming. So I'm, I'm excited about it. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to the paceline.